preaching. Um, I want to welcome everyone. My, I mean, I'm Cameron. I'm the pastor here. Uh, how many knew that? All right. <laughs> Good to know there's a few people that know my name, but uh, I am excited about this morning because I get to go to church and I don't have to preach. So <clears throat> this is this is kind of like a double blessing for me because I um, felt uh, kind of led to uh, ask uh, Graham to minister the Word uh, and uh, going to introduce him. Would you welcome Graham McCaig to teach? Thank you. All right, well, that was just good worship this morning, wasn't it? I just thought God's presence is great. And, uh, yeah, we just want to, you know, remain in God's presence um, this morning for the rest of the service as we, even though it's like, you know, sermon time, like it's it's also an act of worship just to, to listen and to kind of place our lives underneath kind of the authority of God's word as well. So that's just a really good thing. So um, this morning we're following on from the past two Sundays and we're in the middle of a series talking through the core values of New Day. And so how many of you were here the last two weeks and you, you've heard already on the Father Heart message of God? And uh, these are the core values that as a church, as New Day Community Church, that we really feel called to. Now, you know, if you, if you attend a church for any period of time, you'll kind of start to get a feel for what are the really important values for that church. What are the things that they really, really hold to? And some of those things are, you know, denominational. Like sometimes you'll go and you'll understand, you know, through how they worship, through the structure of the church, kind of the things that they really hold to. Well, for us, we're taking the month of January, we're taking this month, and we're saying these are the things that we really hold to as a church, that we in particular feel called to, that we are going to talk about in a lot of different ways that you're going to receive these different types of ministries in various ways whether you know it or not these are the values that really just infiltrate every area of the life of our church and it's good to go back and to really understand what those values are it's good to know kind of as a church as a congregation you know individually what the things are that we really hold dear and the things that we really want to just go for as a church together and so um, the last two weeks, Cameron has talked on the Father Heart message of God. And the Father Heart message is really the foundational kind of message for our church. It's really the thing that, um, that everything else is built upon. This week, we're going to talk about intimacy. Intimacy is, is something that we hold dear at this church. Intimacy with God and intimacy with other people. And it really flows from understanding God as a Father. And we're going to um, explore that in a little minute. But the next thing next week is restoration. Restoration. And we're going through the, um, the word fire, the, the letters in the word fire, which kind of sum up the core values. The Father Heart, intimacy, restoration. And restoration is going to follow on from this week because it's really going to look specifically at barriers that we have in our lives towards greater intimacy with God and with others. And so all of these um, sermons this month are really going to just follow on from each other. So we have the Father Heart last two weeks. We have intimacy today. We have um, restoration next week. And then finally, once we get to a place where we've kind of understood God as a Father, we've 
uh, understood the need for intimacy, we've uh, worked to kind of get restoration, to overcome barriers to intimacy, then that's when we reach the goal. And the, the E in fire is really the goal, which is extending the kingdom through the empowering of the Spirit. It's really the goal because that's where we really experience God in a fuller way. It's where we really experience who He is. And it's also the step where we really feel equipped to go and to really um, see the other people experience God as well, you know. And that's really the end goal. It's not just that we experience God and we know Him as a Father just for our sake. It's always on behalf of others. So it's always on behalf of ourselves. It's always on behalf of others in this city and um, throughout the world, really. So that's kind of where we're going. That's to kind of put today in context. And it's really to understand that this is who we are as New Day. These are the values that we really believe in, that we really put forth as, as just of the most importance in kind of all the ministries that we do. And so, um, so last week and the week before, Cameron talked about the Father Heart message of God. And I just want to summarize that real quick in case some of you weren't here. And basically, it's the message that we have just kind of built everything on, that God is our Father. He's a loving Father. He's for us. He's not against us. He's on our side. You know, and it's just, it's just such a key message. And, you know, when we think about God in this way, we're not primarily thinking about Him as a judge. And we're not primarily thinking about Him as a lawgiver. And we're not thinking about Him as, a, as like a, a, a police officer or a cop who's waiting for us to fail. And, you know, sometimes it's really tempting to think about God like that, especially when you, you know, you sin or you, you fail at something in your life and you feel, you feel bad, you feel like, man, I've really disappointed God. And it's really easy to go to those ways of looking at God. You know, God must be in judgment over me because I've broken a law that he has set and now he's going to punish me like a police officer may when I break a law. And, you know, there's definitely an element of that to who God is. He has, he has set up laws. He, he does and will sit in judgment over us. And he does come in to correct things in our lives. But, you know, the Father Heart message, while acknowledging all of that exists, says let's also see that God is on our side. And that even though he's given us a law, even though he sits in judgment over us, even though he corrects our mistakes, he does so lovingly. He does so lovingly. And Hebrews chapter 12 is just a great chapter in the Bible. If you're ever kind of wondering about how does the relationship of how God kind of comes in and corrects things in our lives, but does it as a father, that's a great chapter to kind of read and meditate on because it really explains how God as a father comes in and just really tenderly corrects us when we stray, really comes in and just is, is a father who comes in with loving discipline. But... One reason that when we think about God as a father, that we begin to get into this whole area of intimacy is because the father relationship is, is that. It's a relationship, and it's different than, you know, if you thought about it, if you had to go to court and there was a judge that sat in judgment over you, you're not looking for a relationship with that judge. You're just looking for the judgment, right? You want to get out of there as fast as possible, Right? You're not looking to like go to dinner with the judge after it's all said and done. You're not looking to kind of build this long-term thing together, right? But when Jesus came to this earth, 
he encouraged his followers. He encourages us to call God Father. Right? And that was just a massive, massive shift when Christ came to this earth. That he encouraged us to think about God as Father. And he encouraged us to think about God in terms of a relationship that was deeper than than anyone had ever thought before. You know, people had never thought about God as a father before. And so they'd never really thought about God in such intimate terms before. And suddenly, everything had changed where God was now more accessible in one sense. God was much more close. God was much more just present. And suddenly, this whole idea of how do you relate to somebody who's much more present? How do you relate to somebody who is that much more connected to you? And that's where this whole idea of intimacy comes in. And so, um, how would you define intimacy? Well, I just I just did a quick search and um, found a dictionary definition. Um, <clears throat> I just want to pick out a couple of things it said. The first is, it's a close, a familiar, unusually affectionate relationship with another person or group. Close, familiar, affectionate, personal relationship. Um, it's also a close association with or a detailed knowledge or of a place or of a subject or a time. So it's, it's also a detailed knowledge. <clears throat> it's also the quality of being incredibly comfortable or familiar with someone or something. And it also has this idea of um, privacy, you know, um, and they had as an example, you know, if somebody is like an artist is in their studio, you know, you would call that the intimacy of them being in their studio. You know, and there's like, there's something just about that time and about that space that that person has to create. And we would associate the word intimacy with that. Well, you can see pretty easily that some of those things just translate so well, not just to our relationship with God, but also to other people and places. So let's just sum that up. Intimacy is a close and a familiar relationship. It's affectionate. It's loving. And it's personal. So let's just say that again. It's close. It's familiar, familiar. Affectionate, affectionate, loving, loving. Personal, relationship. personal relationship. Okay, so, so that's what it is. But notice also what it isn't. Because sometimes saying what something is is really important, but also noticing what's left out is important. Notice that it's not about fear, and it's not about isolation. Um, it's really, really hard to want close relationship with something that you fear. You know, if you fear spiders, you're not going to pursue a career that studies spiders unless you've got a very strange way of getting over your fear. But typically, that's not what you're going to do. And I think for a lot of us, like, our primary association may be with God, you know, Wow, God is to be feared. And there's definitely an element where we do fear God, where we respect him, where we give him all of the glory and all of the honor that he is due. But there's also this call for closeness, and there's a tension there. There's definitely a tension between those two things, between the awesomeness, the holiness of God, but also the closeness of God. And I think most of us, naturally contend towards like the holiness or awesomeness of God or we contend towards the closeness of God you know and it's easy to go one way or the other 
And what we're looking for is, is to say, look, there's a balance in our lives where as much as we just really understand the reverence of God, we also need to come in and understand the closeness of God and being in, in close relationship with God. And how can we be so confident that that's, you know, as a church, as New Day, as a core value, how can we be so confident that this is something that, that we can go after? Isn't it right just to say God is so glorious and worthy we can't even be close to him? Well, there's two main reasons why we really should pursue this whole idea of close relationship with God, intimacy with God. Number one, it's what we were created for. It's what we were created for. If you think about Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve in the garden, did they live a totally separate existence from God? Well, the answer is no. Even how they were created was God got right up in their face and he breathed the breath of life into their nostrils. He got so close so that he could bring life to them. He created them. He fashioned them. He did so with purpose. And once they were created, it talks about how he, God would come down in the cool of the evening and walk with them. And that's a picture of close, close relationship. And that's what we were created for, that level of relationship with God. And, you know, did Adam and Eve fear God in that moment? I'm sure that they recognized that they weren't God. I'm sure that they recognized the awesomeness of God. But they also had that close relationship. Who initiated that relationship? Who initiated? It says that God came to them and walked with them in the cool of the day. So that's the first reason that we can be confident that this is something that we should pursue, this closeness with God. And the second reason is that Christ gave us the example of close relationship with God. He's the one that said, call God Father. You know, when the disciples said, teach us to pray, how did Jesus start that prayer? Our Father. You know, just a shocking start to a prayer, really, at the time. Well, let's just look at a couple of ways that Jesus modeled intimacy with God. Number one, he was submitted to God. And you might think, wow, submission, I wouldn't have necessarily put that as the first thing. When you're talking about a close relationship, you're talking about intimate relationship with somebody, I wouldn't have put submission maybe as the first. But, you know, as I thought about it, I thought, if you're not willing to submit to God or submit to somebody else in a relationship... You can never be close to them. You can never be close to them. You know, like Jill and I, you know, we're married. And basically, you know, we we have a relationship where we submit, you know, to each other. You know, and if you're married, you know, you know what this is like. And, you know, in that act of submission, you give authority to that other person. You give authority to that other person. There's things that Jill knows about me that if she decided to say to, to everybody here, you know, would just be terrible. Like it would just crush me because you know I've given her that authority that she knows those things. Yeah. You know, and you know, you know what that's like if you have a close friendship. If you've ever told anyone something, you know, that's like a really close thing that you're like, man, if anybody ever find out, that would be terrible. You know, you know what that's like. Like Jill and I have been watching The Office recently, and there's that episode, like The Secret. Have you ever seen that one? 
where like Jim tells Michael, the boss, the secret, and then he's like, why did I do that? You know, and the whole episode is like, obviously Michael can't keep the secret, you know. And it's just like really traumatic for everyone involved. So that's a, that's a great episode. Talk about <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, like submission is such a such a big deal. You know, when we submit ourselves to God, we say, "God, this is what I'm like, and this is what I'm really like." You know, will you still love me, God? You know. Well, you still love me even this is what even though this is what I'm really like, you know. And the shocking answer is that God says yes, I I still love you. You know, that's that's the amazing thing. Um, Christ also um, prayed a lot, and uh, one example is Matthew 14:23. After Christ dismissed them, being the disciples, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, and you just see. This idea of Christ, and it's repeated a lot of times, where Christ makes time to go and pray to God. And then, lastly, just Christ model just close relationship with God throughout His life. So, I just have a couple of verses I want to read to just kind of demonstrate this. Jesus replied, "If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching." Again, this idea of submission. My Father will love him; he will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own; they belong to the Father who sent me. Matthew eleven twenty seven. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. And then John five nineteen. Jesus gave them this answer: I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing by Himself; He can only do what He sees His Father doing, because whatever the Son does, the Father does; the Son also does. For the Father loves the Son. Shows him all he does. Yes, to your amazement, he will show him even greater things than these. And so you see, even the very words, the very actions, just the very things that Christ did, all flowed out of this close relationship with the Father. You know, and even to the point where they they are so close in relationship that they are the only two people that really know each other fully. You know, and so um, so Christ models. This for us, you know, and we're called to imitate Christ in, in what we do. And, you know, this whole concept of intimacy, closeness with God, really affects um, a lot of areas in our lives. It affects our worship, how we worship God. It affects how we pray, how we read the Bible, and how we respond to the various situations that we come across in life, you know, both good and bad. You know, something really great happens, you know, but you don't believe that God is good, you might say, wow, somehow this amazing miracle has happened, that things are going well in life, and you're just waiting for God to come in and stop it, you know? But if you think that God is really on your side, if you think God is for you and not against you, when things are going well, you just rejoice, and you accept it, and you say, thank you, Father, because things are going so great right now. And you can see that's just one small example of how this idea of intimacy is key. So what are... You know, if the goal is increased intimacy, how can we get there? Well, prayer, following after the example of Christ. You know, spending time in prayer. You know, you don't get to know somebody if you don't spend time with them. Just a basic, a basic thing for for human relationship. Also works with God. Being in God's presence, worship, reading the Bible, obedience, and learning to hear God's voice. There are just some ways 
to really get to know God much better and to develop intimacy. Prayer, being in God's presence, worship, reading the Bible, obedience, learning to hear God's voice. So, you know, we have we have a course at New Day that we teach hearing how to hearing the voice of God, how to hear God's voice. And if you've been through that course, you know that there's four keys. Does anyone want to say them? Okay, quiet yourself down. Look for a vision or look to Jesus. You guys are really quiet. Tune to flow. Yep. And write it down. All right, let's do those again. Quiet yourself down. Look to Jesus. Tune to flow. And write it down. Okay. So if you have no idea what that was about, then you need to sign up for the next course that we have on how to hear God's voice. <laughs> you know, the prophetic ministry that we have after church every Sunday flows from this idea of intimacy mm-hmm. with God. You know, if we fear God and we're coming to him for a word, then we're not going to have very many people sign up for prophetic ministry because we're not going to want to hear the answer, right? But if we actually believe that God is for us and not against us, that he's on our side, then we're going to want to hear what he has to say to us. And that's that's a really big deal. So that's intimacy with God. And just naturally flowing from intimacy with God is intimacy with other people. And I just want to mention this because I feel like it's a really good connection for us to make in our lives. And that's when you read the scriptures, especially in the New Testament letters, when it talks about personal holiness and personal growth and personal closeness to God, it very, very quickly turns that into um, a love for other people and a love for developing healthy relationships with other people. And so it's a really, really dangerous temptation. It's a dangerous lie to buy into that you can love Jesus but not love the church. And, you know, sometimes you'll hear people say that. And... Um, you know, in First John four nineteen to twenty one, it says, "We love God because He first loved us." If anyone says, "I love God," yet hates his brother, he's a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And you know, this isn't directed at anyone in particular. It's just, it's just we need to kind of fight. You know, there's certain things in a, in our culture that are really, really positive. You know. And there's certain things that aren't as positive. And one of the last positive things for us when it comes to thinking about, about the church is, is we're wired to be individuals. You know, we're encouraged to be individuals in our society. Just, that's just what happens. We're the most individualistic society on earth. I mean, that's just the fact of the matter. And so what that means for us is as we think about verses where it ta- calls for us to love and encourage each other, we have to fight the cultural forces that would stop that from happening does that make sense you know some cultures find this incredibly easy and they find it hard to find their individual identity you know like when we go to japan everything is group oriented it's all about the group it's all about the group you put the group ahead of yourself you know whereas here we put ourselves in front of the group you know ahead of the group so that's just you know an insight you know that's something that we culturally have to fight that we have to really um figure out ways to prioritize um, how to have community. And so um, I just want to read from Colossians 3. It says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, 
gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So there you see um, a lot of things coming together in that scripture. You see that um, we're to give thanks to God our Father in the name of Christ. There's the element of worship, and there's also the element of community. And some keys, forgiveness and love. So what does this mean for us at New Day? Well, you know, as we love God, we should also be loving each other and actively developing healthy community. You know, we get to encourage each other, and we also get to love each other, and we also get to uh, forgive each other as we fail. <laughs> so that's a nice one to add in, because um, it's not always going to be plain sailing. It's not always going to be smooth, you know, and we'll make mistakes. But, um, you know, we, we are able to forgive each other because we all know what it's like to be forgiven by God. And, uh, you know, it's something at New Day that we really value as community. And, um, you know, when we went to two services a few months ago, one of our biggest dilemmas was how do we retain this sense of community? Because if you were here and we did one service, like, people are still here, like, 45 minutes after service ends, which, by the way, is very unusual in our culture. So we're already fighting the culture which is to, of separating to being individual, which is great. You know, but how do we maintain that sense of community? And so we purposefully said, let's build 30 minutes between services, you know, and let's really try to build relationship during that time. And, you know... Keeping community is just a core value of who we are as a church. That's why we have um, groups that meet outside of a Sunday morning, you know, the life groups, so that we can get together and build relationship and build community. And, you know, it's, an, it's actually an important aspect of the kingdom yeah. to develop real community yeah. and real relationship is a really important part of the, the kingdom of God. And, um, you know, God himself lives in, in community. He's three in one. You know, he lives in a relationship with himself. Relationship is key to who God is, and it should be key for us too. So this is like an encouragement to just keep developing, to keep building relationship, to keep building healthy relationships and looking for ways to encourage each other, to love each other, and also to forgive each other <laughs> because that's really just really, really vital. And, and so just to finish, God's initiated relationship with us, you know, God has initiated a relationship with us. And that's the most amazing thing. Yeah. That God started this whole process. Yeah. And he said, you know, I want relationship with you. I want relationship with you. And, uh, you know, in Matthew 7, there's kind of one of those scary parts of the Bible where people come before God and they say, hey, we did all these things. We did, you know, we um, did all these miracles, you know, in your name. And, and um, you know, won't you accept us into heaven? And, and God says, no. He says, I won't. Well, do you ever notice the reason why God says no? He says, then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evildoers. You see, we often think, oh, we didn't know God well enough. I got to know God better. But God actually says, I never knew you. So what's the emphasis on? The emphasis is on us to be real before God and to say, this is who I am, you know, 
this is this is who I am. And God is actually saying, I really, really want to get to know you. You know, which seems really surprising because sometimes we don't even like ourselves. You know, but God is saying, I really want to get to know you. And you know, a key part of intimacy is 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 being known for who you really are. You know, and before God, saying, "This is who I really am," and just finding the amazing acceptance and love that He has for us. So, I just want to pray to close, and we're just going to kind of pray through some of this stuff this morning, and just really try to um, just commit ourselves to number one, just um, developing a relationship with God, and number two, just developing a relationship with each other. All right, so let's pray together. Well, Father, just thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much that you have initiated relationship with us. Thank you that we get to call you Father. Just thank you so much for that. And uh, this morning, we just uh, we just pray, God, that you will come and show us how to develop relationship with you to a new level. And so just make this prayer personal as I pray. Just make it personal for your life. And Father, I just pray that you would help me to find time to spend in your presence. Yes. More time to spend in your word. Yeah. More time to just spend in worshiping you and in prayer. Father, would you do it? Father, would you come and would you speak to me? Help me, Father, to hear your voice more clearly. Help me to experience you to a new level. And Father, as I experience you to a new level, help me to love others. Help me to develop relationships with others that are just marked by just healthiness and, and love and forgiveness and encouragement. Help me to encourage others. Help me to know how to develop a relationship with others. just thank you so much for your presence, Father. I thank you for your presence here this morning. God, I just pray that you would help us as a church to continue to focus on these core values. And Father, I pray that you would help us to show who you really are to this city, God, and to this world. We just thank you again, Father. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks. Well, let's welcome Adam. He's got some announcements, so welcome, Adam. Thank you, Graham. We want to welcome all of our guests today. Thank you for choosing to join us here at New Day. We're happy to have you.